Welcome to the Therapist Rising podcast, where we share real, raw, and behind-the-scenes stories and lessons from therapists who are thinking outside the traditional clinical box and choosing to do things differently in their careers. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Kelly, and I myself have made the journey from a very experienced but super burnt out and unhappy clinical psychologist turned successful entrepreneur who now runs a business she loves, is thriving financially and working and living life on her own terms. Join me and be inspired as we speak to other therapists who too are broadening their horizons and experiencing more abundance, joy and fulfillment than ever before. Together we will laugh, soak up priceless wisdom and take actionable steps to help you transition from clinical practice to non-clinical offers and diversify and amplify your income, all the while honing your well-being and having work-life balance. If you're ready to be inspired and take action towards your dreams, then you are in the right place. This is the Therapist Rising Podcast. Hello, my friends. So I'm just going to go on the fly here and address one of the most common questions that comes up. Um, which is what is the difference between therapy and coaching, Uh, which I know is a really big point of concern for people that uh, we feel really confused about what is the actual difference here and how can I quantify that? How can I draw a really clear line between the two of them? So I'm sure and my clients are sure and I can feel safer, um, you know, moving into this space more confidently that I know the difference. So I'm going to try to address some of that concern um, now. And I haven't prepped, so if there are any questions that remain unanswered, please just pop them into the comments um, and I'll do my best to answer them. So um, I'm really sorry to disappoint you in saying that the distinction between coaching and therapy, as much as we would like a really clear distinction, is unfortunately really grey. And I don't think that that would surprise you. And that's why this question comes up, like, what is the difference? Because it's so grey. I think most of us probably have the understanding that it is fairly grey. And it's arbitrary. Like, if you ask 10 different people the difference, um, they're going to give you 10 different answers. And you can pick holes in every single answer that they that they will give you. I can absolutely guarantee it. So these are some of my thoughts on how we can approach the difference to help you to feel a little bit more confident. Um, So some of the things that I know um, come up very often in the distinction is that um, therapy is concerned with diagnosis and and treating mental health issues and coaching is um, working with well people. And I think that's a really lovely place to sort of start. But again, if you look further into the field, you'll see that that is not necessarily cut and dry um, because we have things like positive psychology and solution-focused therapy that don't necessarily deal with um, dysfunction directly and is more actually focused on functioning behaviours and amplifying um, positive functioning um, and aspects of well-being. And you look at coaching as well and the amount of coaches out there who are are actually working with things like anxiety, social anxiety, depression, PTSD, um, you know, trauma, it's that 
line, although it's nice to sort of think that's a really nice sort of global way to look at it, um, when you sort of more closely scrutinise that it, it doesn't actually hold up to be 100% true 100% of the time. So for us as therapists uh, or, or anyone who has a licence as a health professional, you know, the onus really is on us to decide where that line is in terms of how much risk am I willing to play with regarding my registration. So if I'm dabbling in... Um, treating people with anxiety as a coach, does that increase my risk of um, getting in trouble? And, you know, the answer is, is probably yes to, to just sort of put a, a blanket statement on that. Then, yeah, it probably is going to increase your likelihood of making those boundaries blurry between whether you're a therapist or whether you're a coach. I think if you're a coach, if you don't have mental health training and you don't have a licensing board or a regulatory board to answer to, then, um, you know, th there are there are less <laughs> rules that apply to you, which is, you know, good and bad. But for us as therapists uh, or any health professional, we have to draw the line in the sand. And some of the things that you would want to consider um, are things like how much risk am I willing to hold? So if I'm really interested in working with trauma as a coach, that's great. But how am I going to delineate between um, me as a therapist and me as a coach? And sometimes what can be really helpful is thinking about um, your transformation or your outcome and the structure that you're going to in you're going to um, create around your coaching, which you may not necessarily have in therapy, but also things like targeting a really specific niche, which make it really clear that should um, anything untoward happen in terms of the eyes of the powers that be coming down on you from, from your licensing board, um, that they can see that, that your therapy practice and who you work with in your therapy practice is very different to your coaching work. So that's one way to sort of safeguard that. The other thing to, again, think about is this idea of transformation. And that's not something that we really, um, from a traditional perspective, have really thought about or focus on um, from a therapeutic perspective, although, of course, we're trying to get people from a place of suffering to, to hopefully not suffering, to, from a place of not functioning to functioning from a place of wounding to healed, um, we don't necessarily quantify and think about the transformation as an outcome. And that's, you know, the backbone of coaching. So the, the actionable behavioural steps that you can quantify is very much the backbone of coaching. So you think about things um, like... Um, being able to do things that you really, really want to do, boundaries or whatever it may be. Um, these are the things that become very important to not only your coaching practice but also how you sell your coaching packages um, and how you speak to the transformation. So I think that's something that's also really important to consider um, in terms of making that distinction. Hi there, friend. I'm so sorry to interrupt the amazing conversation that is happening right now, but I just wanted to quickly tune in and let you know of the amazing training that we have available currently on our website. 
We know that you want to step away from the clinical space and build a business on your own terms. But we also know that you probably don't know where to begin, right? So normal. And like any other journey, embarking on a new adventure, it can be super confusing and sometimes scary. And so that's why we've created a map for you. And to top it off, it's free, of course. Introducing to you a therapist's guide to diversifying your clinical practice and creating a one-to-many offer. It's a free video workshop with an accompanying workbook that will teach you the six steps to creating an abundant and successful non-clinical business that you love. So whether you want to create an online workshop, webinars, retreats, small in-person group programs, evergreen digital offers, coaching services, or whatever your heart desires, this free workshop is going to light your way forward and bring your journey into the six simple to execute but transformational steps that you need. If you want immediate access right now so that you can start building your non-clinical business of your dreams, head over to www.therapistrising.com forward slash training to get access now. And now back to the conversation. Uh, The other thing that I think you need to think about as well is um, the difference can can lay in the structure. So uh, coaching is extremely structured from a 30,000 foot perspective, but also from an immediate perspective. And what I mean by that is there is an overarching structure to your package or programs or the journey that you take them on. So it is assumed that they are in one place, which we will call A, and you are trying to take them to B through whatever program or package or offer that you have. It's a very clear agenda. It's a very clear set of goals. Um, And not only that, each of your then individual sessions um, or your individual modules, if you're doing a course, for example, um, becomes very much in line with, you know, the stepping stones towards that. And each of those have a structure in and of themselves. So if we're thinking about individual coaching, um, each session, as well as the bigger, broader agenda, has its own specific agenda where you literally walk through what are we going to work on today? How do we know if we've been successful? What does that look like? filling in the body with the transformational stuff and then at the end coming back to the goal and really thinking about did we meet that and then what action or behavioural points are going to come from that to work on in between. So it's very, very structured. A coaching session is very, very structured. And while some therapies are more structured than others, um, particularly if you think about the more modern um, training in CBT, for example, um, you know, we're taught to be quite structured, but that's not necessarily traditionally how um, the therapy process unfolds. Uh, so I certainly know that's the case in mine, that I'm much more structured in my coaching than I am necessarily in my therapy work. Um, the other thing that I wanted to speak to, and, and again, this doesn't hold true and fast 100% of the time, all of the time, and if you sort of think about this, this is um, this is a really lovely way of thinking about it that I picked up um, in positive psychology. But 
when you think about human functioning sort of existing somewhere on this sort of spectrum from minus five being not functioning at all, um, perhaps it's that they can't get out of bed, they're, they're not working, they can't shower every day, they've got, you know, basic self-care is down the drain, through to positive five um, where you're starting to think about human flourishing, so potential and possibilities, um, and zero being that sort of middle mark where we're doing okay like we're not terrible but we're also not flourishing we're not <laughs> we're not dropping dead but we're also not living our best life and zero is sort of that middle point and I think tradition again traditionally speaking therapy has very much trended towards living in um in this space where we're sort of taking people with um mental health dysfunction back to zero so that they can get back to their job or they're now interacting with their families again and, and sharing every day. But maybe they're not living their best life. And at that point in time, um, most people tend to disengage. There are some therapies that this is, this is not the case for. Uh, and even if I think about the way that I learned EMDR, for example, when you get them back to zero at that point in time, um, we would start to do some future work. Um, which I really love that part. That's, that's one of my favourite parts. So this doesn't stand true all the time, but it certainly does stand true, I think, a lot of the time. And then coaching, on the other hand, is more where we're thinking about taking people from perhaps having, um, you know, some minor dysfunction in areas of their life, but they're doing okay. You know, they've got jobs, things are mostly stable, um, but they want more, they want better, and they and you know that there is a possibility to up-level their life in some way. And so we start to think about how we can take behavioural steps and action towards creating the change and the possibilities of change. So that's how I tend to think about the difference between therapy and coaching. Again, that doesn't stand true all of the time because we have overlaps um, probably more times than we would care to want to be comfortable with, but there are definitely overlaps between the two of them uh, often. And again, coming back to this idea that um, I think as a registered professional, as a licensed professional, the onus is actually on us to create the distinction that we're comfortable with, knowing that if we got hauled in front of a licensing board that we would feel comfortable stating these are actually the differences between these two things. Um, and you can do that through niching down and creating a really clear difference between who you work with in your therapy versus who you work with in your coaching. You can do that by creating very separate business structures in terms of websites and um, having separate insurance policies and um, having separate calendars and all of these other things. But the essence of therapy and the essence of coaching from a traditional perspective, we can probably say there's, there's more... Um, there's more space between them, but from the modern perspective of how they're actually being practiced, there is much more overlap in the practice of these things than there is difference, at least in my opinion and what I've seen of the field. So as a health professional, the risk sits with you and it's really important for you to understand what is it that I'm going to do here, what, am, what is it that I'm going to put in place um, to make that distinction so that I can explain this to my clients in a particular way 
that I feel really comfortable with because that line in the sand for you is then going to make it really clear in terms of, you know, if this coaching client comes along and they've got some uh, active symptoms of depression, for example. Well, if you're really clear with this is what I do in coaching, that makes it really easy then to refer them on um, to someone who can work with them therapeutically. And just as a word of warning, you would never want to do those two things with one person. That is dual relationships, and we want to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but as you get clearer on I'm going to work on, um, you know, really actionable behaviours with this particular niche for this particular outcome, that's certainly more within the realm of coaching and then your therapy is everything else. So I know that's not clear. <laughs> And it's because we're literally trying to give a de definition and draw lines in sand that just unfortunately don't exist. Um, and as much as we would wish that it, that was not the case, unfortunately, it just is. And if you moved completely out of therapy and into coaching, this would be less of an issue because you wouldn't have to answer to anyone. There's, there's currently no regulatory board. Um, there, are, there are standards by which we should be working towards in terms of the ICF, the International Coaching Federation, but they're not necessarily enforceable um, in the same way that our registration and licence is enforceable. So there's some things to think about. So thank you. I hope that was helpful. Um, and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining me for the Therapist Rising podcast. We publish new episodes every Wednesday. If you're loving this content and it speaks to you, please be sure to head over to subscribe and give us a rating and a review. It would mean the world to us. We will see you next time for the Therapist Rising podcast.